Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's the Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Coming to you on a Wednesday after... Lovely snowstorm in which I had to get up on the roof, Nate Bauer, about oh, no. 12 hours after it was over. How's your week going? <laughs> I didn't have to do that, so pretty pretty good, I guess. Although, it, it is a little bit of a harsh wake up when you, you know, it's like, I, I could have shoveled yesterday. I didn't. Yeah. And then I took the kids to school this morning, daycare, and... Yeah. Uh, Got home and trudged around in my shorts and, you know, pushed snow around. So not pleasant, but here we are. I'm, I'm getting used to it. I'm right. Like I ordered a bunch of candles yesterday for my annual uh, winter hibernation. Like it's like <laughs> <laughs> the candles bring you joy during the uh, seasonal depression. You know, it just it just smells a little bit better, better in the house. And, <laughs> and uh, it's like it's nice to nap to. Um, yeah, I, I, I allow myself uh, during, you know, look like for this is maybe stupid. Nobody might be interested in this, but because of basketball season, right, we we I specifically end up having a bunch of evening obligations. And so yeah. uh, if you don't make time for yourself, you can find yourself working a 16 hour day, really. Uh, which, oh, yeah. you know, which is like, which is stupid. So, so I try, oh, I try to please Nate. I know I try to create <laughs> little windows for myself where, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a game later tonight. I'll, uh, I'll take a, a little nap this afternoon. And so those, those, uh, the winter spice candles end up, uh, you know, making for a much better environment for that. Yeah. So anyway, you've got you've got kids, I've got cats. And so like candles are always kind of a uh, taboo thing in my house because I have a terrible attention span. It, you yeah. know, my wife has has labeled me with ADHD multiple times. So if I don't see it it doesn't exist, but the cats definitely see stuff. So that's yeah, always yeah. a dangerous thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what my, my wife always asks if the candles have been blown out. And I say, what difference does it make? If they're on a if they're on a <laughs> There's nothing to blow them over. There's there's no <laughs> they're just they're stationary. But I'm you know fire safety is important. Yes, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. Uh, we're coming to you on a Wednesday. I we normally uh, I guess normally we've done this one time. Yeah. Uh, did, did it on Thursday last week. the The tricky thing about basketball I'm finding is that it happens on different days. It so does. the schedule is going to flip around a little bit. So the easiest way to make sure that you are getting the show is if you subscribe to our podcast platform, whichever one it is, and I've looked at the numbers and it's Apple, you know, Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. I, I'm a I'm an Android person. I'm a PC person. So I have no clue what that is, but everyone else does. And you're like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. So just make sure you subscribe, give us a review on the podcast uh, and leave a description about your seasonal depression, winter hibernation uh, tactics. 
Uh, mine involve lots of video games uh, during the offseason. But truthfully, there's no such thing as an offseason with football because as soon as we're done with football, I'm going to be diving right into recruiting and basketball coverage as well. So got a full winter ahead of us. Um, we're going to be bringing this to the YouTube channel in a little bit because you, the basketball fan, have done such an overwhelming response to our first podcast that we're going to expand. So um, just be on the lookout for that. And the best way to make sure that that continues to happen is to watch the videos and to, you know, like them and all that stuff in the future. But today we are talking about Penn State going three and oh, getting a big win versus Butler in the Gavit tip off games. Uh, I got to halftime and I'm not as I don't have the fortitude of Nate Bauer. I fell asleep at halftime. So what did I miss? Because it came out at a hot start and then seemed yeah. like they kind of hit a lull. Yeah, it it was it was the first test, right? I mean, you know, that yeah. that's and that's kind of how you understand uh, a, a college basketball season to progress, right? Is is a lot of times based on your scheduling. You can't always help it, but a lot of times you're going to try to get progressively tougher. You know, you, you're you're not trying to start the season with uh, the toughest the toughest opponents. Although Winthrop, I think, uh, is very good and will be very good. Butler was the first Power Five opponent and looked it. Right, like they, they looked like power five opponent in Manny Bates. They got a six, like dude is a dude. Just visually, like you can't miss him. Uh, yeah, plays well. Had a great game, a good game. Um, and, and I can talk about that in a little bit here. But yeah, it, it it was a game that Penn State couldn't just cruise to a win the way that it had the previous two and. You know the reality for for this group was they passed the test. They they uh, you know were able to build a double digit lead in the first half, and by doing what they've done, which is shooting, they yeah. <laughs> they're shooters. They make shots. Uh, Butler was painfully uh, ill equipped shooting the ball. Um, you know they just they they took tough twos and yeah. threes that they took. I think they finished one of eleven from three in the first half. So like, that's a that's a thing that Penn State's going to be able to do. If you can't shoot, there's going to be game pressure for you to score points. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, very much so. And so they and you know P Penn State contributed to Butler not being able to to shoot very well. But uh, on some of the looks that they did, like but Butler's just not a proficient three point shooting team. That mm -hmm. was their rap coming into the game, and that really played itself out. Uh, so yeah, so Penn, so Penn State, you know, gets to gets to halftime with a uh, a thirty three to twenty six lead, and it evaporates right to, to yeah. start the second half. They get to, I believe it was a forty two forty game where Butler was was winning, and Jalen Pickett was kind of forcing things a little bit. Some of the shots weren't falling. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the offense was out of step. A couple of turnovers here and there, and so. You know, this is this is reducing what happened in the game a little bit. But Micah Shrewsbury sat Pickett for two, three minutes. Uh, during that time, Penn State moved the ball a little bit better. The the mm -hmm. ball didn't stick quite as much. Andrew, a little Funk, bit of a little bit of a Lamar Stevens effect, where sometimes the offense would get bogged down because it was like let him do his thing, even though that's not the most efficient thing at all times. A hundred percent. That was yeah, that was okay. very much what what happened because 
you want the ball in Jalen Pickett's hands. You you want right. that. That's that's the guy. That's your guy. Uh, and so you know he he had a couple of issues. They sat him, and he came back, and that was really it. <laughs> that was really it. Like he he came back. Uh, Funk made a three pointer. He made a layup. He made a jumper. He made this nasty step back uh, from kind of the top of the key, and you know what had been a two point deficit turned into a 16 point advantage within five minutes of game time. Right. And so I I think that there are lessons to be learned about who and what this Penn state team is. They're not infallible, right? Like, uh, you know, there's, there's always this balance of Penn state fans. I don't think are ready to grasp the notion that that Penn state has a good basketball team. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but, Penn, but Penn State has a good basketball team. This is a good basketball team. It it will be competitive, uh, I think, all season, regardless of the matchup. And what Butler brought to light was these these um, you know opposites in styles, right? Because everybody's talking about oh, Penn State can't hang in the paint, and it's true. <laughs> Manny Bates had. Uh, you know, whatever he finished with, I think it was 16 points. He, he made eight of 12 of his shots. Penn State made him work for those shots. But that that opposition in styles of Penn State making a bunch of three-pointers, they made a 10 three-pointers again versus yeah. Butler making a bunch of twos. It's a winning formula. And, the, the and Penn State was able to do that. well there. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, Jalen Pickett, have we talked about this yet? Yeah, triple-double. I yeah. mean, Damn, he he yeah. triple double at halftime basically, and I'm assuming he kind of coasted to that uh, in in the second half. Well, so so a couple of things are going on. One, he he delivered the ball and facilitated to his teammates well. Right, they they made shots. There were there were open shots that missed. Uh, his assist numbers could have even been better than they were. Uh, he he got his. Um, you know, he didn't have he didn't have a spectacular shooting night. In fact, I called it. And I don't regret it. I, I said that Jalen Pickett had uh, one of his worst games since Miami last year. And yes, it's the program's second triple double all time. Right. So, so there's a bit of hyperbole on my part, Yeah, but he just, he, he didn't play that well at times. Michael Shrewsbury said it in the post game. He, he, he came in and he was like, you know, uh, I thought at halftime and I thought after the game, I was like, man, Pick didn't really play very well. And then I looked down at the box score and saw that there was a triple double. Right. And so when you when you have a guy who commands that much attention, who who does that many uh, different things well, uh, you know, if, if he can have an off night and have a triple double, Penn State is going to be, uh, I, I think, in very good shape. Uh, and one one more point to make about this he had, he finished with 10 rebounds mm-hmm. uh a big conversation coming into this season has been about whether or not penn state would be able to rebound the ball yeah because they lack size they, they right i mean the most of the guys that are playing are uh, even the big guys are six eight six nine right and and just not on that level of a six eleven kid Penn State, and Thad Mata said this afterwards, Penn State's offensive firepower is so dangerous that Butler wasn't going to crash the glass 
after its shots. Right. And, and so you, the initial instinct is, okay, you know, Penn Penn state is just going to give up a bunch of second chance opportunities, second chance looks, but the reality and voiced by Thad Mata is no, if, if Penn state's offense is as proficient as it is, if they can run, if everyone can dribble, they, they don't need outlets, right? Everybody that gets a rebound can push the ball. And so if, if that's the case and they are as proficient offensively as they are, Butler wasn't going to allow itself to get run out. Right. Right. Which is, which is what would have happened. And so Jalen Pickett, yeah, he had 10 rebounds, but, uh, and, and this in no way diminishes his 10 rebounds, but so many of those rebounds are uncontested, right? If they're on long misses, he's collecting them and going. And so Penn right. State just, uh, it's a very, it's a dangerous tool for them uh, to, yeah. to have a guy who can do that and guys in general who can play that style of basketball. How rare is, you know, I know for Penn State, uh, it's rare, but how rare is this collection of talent at, uh, you know, proficiency in shooting from the perimeter? It seems like you can get two or three shooters, or maybe two, but Penn State's got a lot of them. And and it doesn't seem like, you know, in my short time watching Penn State basketball, I don't know that I've seen other teams that have this much firepower as well. So is this unique? What, what do you what do you think about the kind of what you just described? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how the numbers settle out over the course of the season, because they're not going to uh, they're number one in the country right now in three pointers per game. Right. Fourteen point seven makes per game. They are ninth in three point percentage at forty seven point eight. Uh, you know, that, that is, uh, they're tied for 18th in three point attempts per game. So I expect, and, and I think that I saw on, uh, against Butler that, you know, the, the windows were tighter. They, they weren't able to get quite as many wide open, wide open looks. And I would expect that to continue through the rest of the season. Um, but no, it, it's, it's, they have a bunch of guys that can shoot. And a key component of that is that their big men can shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, C- Caleb Dorsey being able to knock down a three pointer or two per game is, is just, it's huge. It's a huge weapon. Seth Lundy hits threes. Miles Dredd hits threes. Dalian Johnson hits threes. Andrew Funk is the sharpshooter. He's, he is the guy. Uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be the best three point shooter that they have, but when you can also get them from literally just about anywhere on the court, including your point guard, including your combo guard, you're just, you, you know, it's, it's a good thing that, that yeah. you really do have a lot of, uh, of talent there. What do you think of the big men, you know, through three games so far? Cause that is going to be something that's going to come up all year. It was the focal point of our conversation we just had. So, you know, given the nature of the team, what did you see from those guys? Um, and I don't know if it's early enough to see progress or anything like that, probably too early through three games, but just your assessment of, are they what you were expecting? Um, it's a great question. Uh, Kevin Jai has, he's young. And so they look young. Can yeah, I, can I provide one insight uh, that yeah. I noticed? I saw him trying to body up uh, the Butler center. And he tried to like, you know, back him down and get in position. And it was 
it was almost comical because he would back up and he would move forward. So he yep. would try like clearly the weight room and, and, and physical development. You can see he's young just because he's doing things that he's supposed to be doing, but he's bouncing off of guys. Yeah. It's just, it, those are going to be tough matchups. Um, but I, but also most teams don't have Manny Bates, right? Mm-hmm. Like the overwhelming right. majority of Penn state's opponents don't have a guy like that. That's going to do that. So, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think, I think Keba is coming along. He shows his athleticism. He had a huge alley-oop dunk to, to kind of, I'm not going to say put the game away because it got close late, but he, you know, he, he's going to be an integral piece of what they do. And Caleb Dorsey, who's the starter is, has been fine. He, he really has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been, he's been better than fine. He is, I would say, given the expectations of, you know, that maybe he set for himself that, that existed externally after last season, he, he was a non-factor last season. Uh, Shrewsbury brought it up after the game, or maybe he brought it up on Tuesday that Dorsey's got under 30 games. I mean, it's well under 30 games of playing experience. So mm-hmm. he's a, he's a junior in terms of academically, but he's really just a freshman right? He, in terms of his game experience, he's just a freshman. Um, and, and he's being asked to do something. He has never been a big man. Like he's never mm-hmm. played the five anywhere in, in his career. And so he's, he is adjusting to a style of play that might not be what he envisions for himself, but is what Penn state needs to, to rebound the ball, uh, to facilitate others in the offense, and then to pick his spots and shoot threes. He's done, he's embraced that and he's done it very, very well. And so, yeah, if he, if he can continue to play at the rate that he's playing with the type of numbers, you know, four of nine on field goals, like they can live with that, make a three. They're more than happy to have that. You, you mentioned the lull in the game and kind of, resetting the offense by unplugging it and plugging it back in. Uh, I noticed uh, Miles Dredd for a veteran player throwing a kind of a bad turnover that led to points. Was that an issue in the game? Uh, Yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't the overriding style of Penn state's turnovers. Penn state had too many turnovers. They finished with, um, I think it was 11. He's just, he's not as good driving the ball as he is as a spot up shooter. And mm-hmm. so the, the issues that Penn state gets into offensively, and this extends beyond Lundy, uh, it goes to, to Dorsey as well. Uh, and Andrew Funk had some, Andrew Funk actually led the team. He had four. Um, but, but when these guys start to try to create for themselves by driving to the basket, by, by like forcing it, yeah, that's where they that's where they get into trouble. That's where the turnovers really happen for this team, and it's something that they're going to have to, you, you know, it's it's not Seth Lundy's handle isn't going to change over the next yeah. three months. It's hey, this is the style of basketball that accentuates your strength and hides your weakness. Don't don't do the weakness part. <laughs> of, of, avoid, of, avoid that as much as you possibly yeah. can uh you know but 
at the same time, you understand what they're trying to do, what the, you know, what, what these players want to do, how they're trying yeah. to, to make the game go. And especially when things get frustrating, that's, that's when you see it. Um, yeah. You know, I gotta so say be, though, you, you can't be a hundred percent one thing, right? Like you can't only shoot. Somebody has to drive to the basket. Somebody has to present, present that threat. So what you're saying is more judicious and the right players who are supposed to drive to the basket they have to be the ones to provide that. Is that kind of fit in that lane correctly? Very much so. Okay. Very much so. Okay. It's just, it's just if you don't, if if you're Seth Lundy and uh, listen, if they're giving it to you, then then fine. It, you know that is what it is. But if if you feel an urgency to drive the basketball because you feel like the offense is stagnating, you're not the guy to do it. Yeah. Right. Like you, there there are other players that can take advantage of that and just more generally speaking um you know try to find the ball movement and the the uh the different strategies that you can take to avoid that situation in the first place yeah When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, this is the uh, Hoops podcast, which is basically an interim name. I hate the only thing I hate more than saying podcast in the name of something is uh, is using the word pod. So we've got mm. to come up with a better name for the show. But yeah. it's Nate Bauer and I talking about basketball. If you're here, you're 20 minutes in. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Uh, once again, please uh, like this and leave a comment five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get to podcasts. Make sure you auto download so that you get the show in your inbox in the morning or in the afternoon or whenever it pops up uh, because we're, we're recording on a Wednesday. And there's a game tomorrow. You might want this as kind of a pregame feeder into the game tomorrow, which is 1130. But yesterday, yeah. meaning Tuesday, Michael Shrewsbury had a press conference and some interesting things. What'd you learn? Yeah, one main point, which was he, he was asked about Demetrius Lilly, who is a true freshman forward, 6'10", 260 pounds. Like, if you're... Penn State fan, and I, this is the feed. The reason I'm bringing this up is because you see a lot of feedback of, "Oh, where's Demetrius? Where's Lily?" Yep. Yep. Uh, he he's been hurt. He he has been dealing with some stuff, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes. And so, yesterday, Shrewsbury said he was asked specifically, "Hey, you know, where's his timeline? What's he looking like?" And you kind of knew, uh, even from when he got to Penn State in the summer. 
that conditioning was going to be a, a little bit of an issue for him. Well, you if say just... 260, and I get excited because I'm a football dude. I'm like, finally, somebody with some some mass, but that's not good for basketball. Yeah, well, and just 260 in the right kind of way. I, I mean, right, I think right, there's right. certainly a potential for him to be 260 in the future, but you just you want to transform his body uh, to be part of that process. But yeah. the, the news of it is that, Shrewsbury said that he he could be in action soon. So okay. my the way he framed it and my expectation, just kind of reading between the lines, is that he probably won't play. I, I don't expect him to be a factor. Actually, I don't I don't expect most of the freshmen other than Keba Jai to be a factor in Charleston for this Charleston Classic. But the backside of it, they um, they have Lafayette and then they have a couple of Big Ten games. That space between the middle of December-ish, there's three games. Canisius is in there. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of teams that Penn State should beat and beat handily. Yeah. I, I think that he will work his way in. I think he'll be at a place where he can get into those types of games, uh, start to get his feet you know, firm and, and get him wet uh, and go from there. So I, I would not, I, I continue to not expect him to be a factor right now, right this minute, but he, he could be a help for them in the big 10 season. If, yeah. if he can get going from, from that, you know, stance. Yeah. What, um, how do you fold the freshman in, and I know you said you don't expect a whole lot from the freshman class. Is that early in the season? Is that the entire season? No, no. It's, it's well, specific just for this podcast to this weekend, to, to Thursday, right. Friday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, just just reading between the lines because Shrewsbury was asked about it uh, on Tuesday about whether or not having, um, you know, having – having the players that they do those, that true freshman class, those four guys that they do who aren't Keva, um, having them available to, to create some, some depth, Kanye Clary, obviously, uh, Jamil yeah. Brown, like, what do they bring? Well, what, what, they, they, bring, so those... they, they bring a lot, but the, the issue, what, what they don't bring is experience and they don't right. bring, they, they don't, they don't have the, uh, it's just an environment. The the way that he described it that I thought made sense was, look, these tournaments at this time of the year, if you want to win, they're for the old guys. And it just so happens that Penn State has seven of them. Penn State has seven old guys who are their primary seven-man rotation. Keba yeah. is the eighth, and he has to play. But you're going to rely on your veterans in a circumstance like this where the turnaround is tight from game to yep. game. You don't have a ton of film and scout to work with. So these, right, like you just, you don't want to put guys out there who aren't prepared, can't feel confident. And these are the types of games that that exists where, where you're not going to feel as comfortable as you would yeah. having, uh, you know, a, a typical two or three day scout. So I guess that was kind of what I was wondering is over the course of the season, I imagine injuries and attrition and just needing uh, you know, maybe different different skill sets on the floor. How do you work those guys in? I know that's not a question for now, but that is kind yeah. of a question for how does this freshman class work in and how do they fit within that? How do you imagine they fit within that rotation once they start doing that in, I'm assuming, the non-conference schedule outside of the tournaments? 
Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think that that, like I said, that three-game slate, they have Lafayette on Black Friday. That That is a game that Penn State should win and should create some opportunities to, to build that depth. Uh, I, I just, uh, again, the way that Shrewsbury framed the issue was, he, he said something, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, uh, that game last night, Butler, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that was the game for them. Like, I, I don't think that was the right game. Yeah. You're just, you don't want to put them in situations where they're not going to have success at the beginning because you want them to feel, I mean, I feel like a broken record from football. You want them to feel confident. You you want yeah. them to to gain some success, to, to feel that and to carry themselves that way. And it's less likely that they're going to be able or ready or in a position to do that against these better teams that you're facing at this point in the season. Nate Bauer dropping all the knowledge on us for Penn State basketball. They play Furman next. They do. That's coming up tomorrow in, uh, what's this tournament that they're in? They are in the Charleston Classic, and I, I'm okay. sure that there's a sponsor name, but I'm not going to care. They didn't They're pay, not a they didn't pay me. They didn't <laughs> yeah. pay me. There's not a, they aren't the sponsor of this podcast, which does have an opening so if you like basketball and you want to support the podcast you want to keep this around i am openly uh you know the the door is open so if you want to give us a uh we should have some way that people can get to us that isn't like my phone number we have to work on that <laughs> so to, the anyway comments, the comment section just comment it's fine i like i told you i don't have apple i haven't seen the comments on any of our podcasts Let's talk, let's talk about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I should have said that on air. Uh, let's talk about the game against Furman coming up tomorrow. What, yeah. what do we need to know? <laughs> uh, Furman's good. Furman's good. I, I, you know this. I, I hate being. Uh, I don't cover Furman, right? So I don't. Yeah. I don't know all of the ins and outs of this team, but I can give you a an eagle eye outsider's perspective, which is just that they're good. Um, they they have finished second in the Southern Conference two out of the last three years. They would have won the Southern Conference last year, been at the tournament, had it not been for a buzzer beater from uh, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. They shoot a ton of threes. They shoot okay. a ton of threes. So, like, the, the analytics, all... all the, I'm not saying it's a exact one-for-one one replication of Penn State, but just... They shoot a ton of threes. That's that's kind of what they yeah. have done uh, traditionally over the last couple of years, and I expect that to continue this year for them. Uh, a couple of couple of guys stand out. Mike Bothwell uh, was All Conference last year. He was their leading scorer. He's their point guard. He is a playmaker. He, he does a lot of things. Um, you know, just can can make three pointers. He, he is a legit player. Uh, Jalen Slauson is their power forward, who was the Southern Conference Defensive Player of the Year last season. Uh, you know, which, which in my mind could be an interesting matchup, make life a little bit difficult for, depending on what they do, Seth Lundy as a shooter, but mm -hmm. also if they want to, if they want to take away Andrew Funk, he'd be the guy to do it. Right mm -hmm. is 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 a guy like that. Uh, they have another uh, transfer, as always. Everybody's a transfer at this point. College basketball. Yeah. Carter Witt. 
has taken the most three pointers for them so far. Uh, and Joe Anderson also takes a bunch of threes and, you know, they're, <coughs> excuse me, they're ranging between, you know, 30, 40%, uh, among their three point shooters. So perimeter defense is something that popped up for Penn state in that Winthrop game as being an area for concern. Uh, you know, look out, <laughs> look out. This is, <laughs> yeah. this, this is the type of game where this is that. Gonna- this is that. And so if you if you want to show yourself as having made strides, Butler took threes. They yeah. didn't make them because they're not good at it. Uh, Furman's going to take you, threes. They're good at it. So Can I ask you about that? Because people ask me, like, hey, Drew Shelton, what improvement did you see from game one to game two? And it's like, I don't know. I'm still learning about Drew Shelton through two games. Like, you don't yeah. know everything from one to then assess two. The coaching staff does. So, yeah. like, uh, about perimeter defense, how do you – can you gauge through four games improvement or are you still building your Rolodex of information and reference points to know about this team? Or because they're all veteran, you know, mostly these are veterans, you have a good sense of what they are and you can apply that knowledge matchup-based then. Where I, do you stand with that? I think I, – I, I'm happy to defer to Shrewsbury in this case who was asked – not specifically about perimeter defense, but just the, the, you know, where the defense is in general, because he knew and was setting the table for the reality that they were just going to shoot the ball, right? They were going to be a very good offensive team. He knew that he understood that coming into the season and relayed the fact that he had some doubts about how much growth they needed to make defensively. And -hmm. he said that he, that he saw progress. He said that he thought that he saw progress through the first three games um you know it's just it's just hard to see it until you play a team that can really put up points and yeah Penn Penn State hasn't seen that so far um you know it's a little bit I'm I'm hesitant to like wade into the football side of things here but it right Penn State's defense Mm -hmm. is so good right now on foot in football and how much of a factor is just the opponents that they're playing, right? Versus yeah. guys versus some of the opponents that you're going to see that are super, super proficient. Penn State hasn't quite had that yet on the schedule. And this is yeah. going to be an interesting weekend, really, because depending on what happens in this first game, Penn State's going to see either Old Dominion or Virginia Tech, of which Virginia Tech is very legit and Old Dominion's not bad either. So it, these are going to be very interesting, good games for this program uh, that they get over the next couple of days. So w- what do you think about this game? You know, good matchup for Penn State. What are you predicting? Do you do, you do that for basketball? <laughs> Give me your uh, score prediction. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I, somebody, somebody asked I me. I decline. <laughs> some, well, somebody asked me, you know, what I thought a realistic expectation was for wins and losses this week, you know, can Penn State come out three and oh, can they come out two and one, one and two, you know, what do you see? And I, I, I just said, Hey, th- there's a massive difference between going two and one where you lose the first game and get into the loser side of the bracket and face yeah. conceivably easy. It, it just, it all depends. It all depends on, on what the actual matchups are. So no, I, I you know I I think that Penn State's firepower is enough to be able to hang with these guys, um, mm-hmm. and and win 
Uh, yeah. Can Penn State beat Furman? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm in the prediction business on this, but sure, I'll pick Penn State to win. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, you know that that's my least favorite thing of the week. Uh, yeah. So this is the BWI Hoops podcast. Anything else about this game, about this team that you want to cover before we get out of here? No. It's uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting weekend. Uh, I, I think it will say it again. You're you're gonna learn more and more as the year goes along, and mm-hmm. just like Butler was a litmus test, this one's gonna be as well. Where do people follow along? How can they get your thoughts and your opinions and your reactions to the game? BlueWhiteIllustrated.com on the On3 network. It is $10 to join us until the end of August next year. Like, that is a great deal. Yeah. Spend the 10 bucks because I, I'm, not a, I'm not a tweeter. I don't do the Twitter. Uh, it's just, I, I mean, I do because it's a professional responsibility, but I don't yeah. really share thoughts there. I am on our message board constantly. If you want to tell me I'm great, please do. If you want to tell me I'm an idiot, come on. (laughs) But that's the place to do it. That's where I'm at. A respectful conversation. Yeah, have a respectful conversation. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, No, so that's that's where I'm at. We do in-game threads for every game, home and away. Uh, You know, uh, I'm, I'm here and I'm talking about it. So please join me. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for all of that. That'll do it for the Hoops Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Nate Bauer, dropping the knowledge about Penn State basketball. And uh, like I said, I don't know when the next one of these is going to pop up. So, you know, subscribe and then you won't ever miss it because there's a lot of games coming up and we're going to be following this team throughout the rest of the season. Let's get to it. We'll talk to you next time on the Penn State Hoops Podcast.